welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Matthew Sterling. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. And welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Hall of Heroes podcast. I am your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and I am joined by the one and only Spencer Simpson. How you doing, everybody? It's been an excellent week in comic books with the onset of captain marvel yes 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 we are doing our first review movie uh, movie review episode here on hall of heroes very excited um been looking forward to this uh i saw it last night uh spencer is fresh out of his screening fresh less than an hour ago i came out of that theater so i've got so many thoughts some of them unrefined so this could be a an interesting episode Absolutely, and that's what makes it fun. Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna keep things vague and spoiler free for like the first chunk here, and then there will obviously be spoiler warning. And then past that point, feel free to leave if you haven't seen the movie yet. I recommend that you leave if you haven't seen the movie yet. Oh, absolutely. Tune back in once you have blessed your eyeballs with uh, Marvel's Captain Marvel. Um. Spencer, before we get into spoiler talk and stuff like that, you want to give your spoiler-free thoughts on the film? Okay, uh, on the last episode, I think it was, when we were talking about the reviews and some of the the earliest showings and uh, reactions, they were uh, a resounding positive response. Uh, Every single one of them, with a few exceptions, were just absolutely raving about this movie, and I think for really good reason. It was remarkably well directed and acted and produced, and all around, it was a really enjoyable watch. Uh, I I heard uh, I went to see it with a group of my friends from school, and uh, a couple of them thought that the 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 first the first uh, half hour forty five minutes of the movie was a little slow. Um, I personally didn't feel like it was dragging on. It was it was well paced. I thought and. And the, a, a really, really good showing from from all of the lead actors. And I really enjoyed it. Jared? Uh, I absolutely loved Captain Marvel. Um, I was looking forward to this movie for a very long time. I am a big fan of the character. And I'm very happy with the fact that they went with like the newer iteration of her um, from like the Marvel Now era from about five years ago moving forward um the phenomenal casting uh everybody turned in a really good performance um they have seen some legitimate complaints now that we've seen the movie about brie larson's performance um i understand them i disagree with them but i do understand where they're coming from i don't i don't think they're quite understanding what i think brie was going for but i did enjoy it very much um, I, I had a few slight issues with um, some of the editing choices in the movie, and there were some uh, some jokes that didn't land for me exactly. But all in all, I 
absolutely love this film. I had an absolute blast with it. Um, it's just a great, great time. Um, uh, to kind of give a general overview, uh, nothing you guys haven't seen in trailers and stuff like that. Uh, it show it, it follows a it's Carol Danvers, um, who has lost a good chunk of her memory and has become a part of this, uh, star force group that is, um, it's a part of the Cree military, uh, the Cree, which, uh, MCU fans, you remember from the guardians of the galaxy movies and agents of shield, um, warrior alien race. And, uh, she is a proud Cree soldier who is on a crusade to stop the scrolls on their, uh, war path. And it's a really good time and uh, lots of fun, you know, it's, it's a Marvel movie, so it's fun. It's boisterous. It's in your face. And lots of really cool connections to the greater universe that I really enjoyed. Um, there were some really interesting character choices. Uh, it was a really funny movie. I said a couple jokes didn't land, but um, all in all, it was really funny. Uh, Talos, played by Ben Mendelsohn, um, director Krennic for you Star Wars fans. Um, absolutely steals the show uh oh absolutely oh so good he's so good (laughs) i think every time you see ben mendelson on the screen you can expect a a really good performance but i was uh i was really surprised at at how well he turned this show into into his show almost you know It it was such a good performance absolutely and i i like i said i could watch i could watch him as telos i could watch a telos movie (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll, like give give me give me tell us a marvel story like give me that i want to i will watch the hell out of that um and we can get into why and uh spoiler talk uh but yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed the film and i cannot recommend seeing this enough i'm seeing it again tuesday night i'm taking Kira to see it um it's i absolutely loved it i had such a good time with it man and and some of the some of the other samuel l jackson as always pulls a a wonderful performance and it was it was a a fresh take but at the same time it was familiar it was it was a flashback so we got to see uh some of the the older uh more the right word but but the the nick fury that hasn't yet been exposed to the uh enormous universe outside of of the one that that we all know just to just earth you know and we got to see some of that incorporated into his character but at the same time there was some of that that snarkiness that that sarcasm that we all know and love from from the movies uh, set closer to the present and it was just this really familiar yet fresh take on his character and of course it's always fun to see uh nick fury with both eyes <laughs> yeah absolutely um but that was a lot of fun i i very much agree with you on that you, you can see a nick fury who still kind of has his innocence um but you can see the beginnings of the very um the that that very grand uh man with a mission um take root in this movie even at the um, very beginning of his mission you know i went during his first exposure to the what else might be out there he still got this 
this focused energy in his in his mind in his goal to to just keep do you know what I'm getting at? You yeah, know, yeah, he, I think he's yeah, just yeah. freshly exposed to it. We still have this this same reaction that he has in 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 later films, uh, in Avengers, in in uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier. This still this the same initial reaction to a threat of this kind. He exact same uh, initial Absolutely. reaction. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Is that you can see a very clear he um he's. I think when you see this, you can appreciate his behavior in um, the Avengers and Cat Winter Soldier, like you said, um, and all of his other appearances, that there is a very clear man on a mission. I'm going to protect this planet because I know the kind of threats that are out there. Exactly. Which I just, I love. I love Nick Fury is one of my favorite Marvel characters of all time. I find him incredibly fascinating. Um, he does not get enough credit, even when he is getting all of the screen time like he does in this. It is still not enough. I still want my Nick Fury movie. Such um, a such an interesting, complex character, even just uh, from what we see in the comic books that's been brought on the screen by Samuel L. And it's it's just so rich every single time. And I you know I want more. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much with Nick Fury. Like he's he's one of those characters you want to just sit down and pick his brain. Oh, absolutely. And just be like, I want to know where you're coming from all the time. How do you work? How do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you work? I want to look you in the eye, singular eye, and figure out what's going on. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Let's not be, let's not be mean. <laughs> He's got two eyes in this movie. Yeah, he does. You can look he at both of them. Um, well, this this Nick Fury. Yes, you're right. Um, uh, that being said, I actually found myself looking into his left eye in most of the movie, just because we haven't had the opportunity most of the MCU, <laughs> just get a really good look at it. There's that one like really dramatic line when he takes off the eye patch and winter soldier is like, always keep one eye open. <laughs> open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that was such a chilling moment yeah. in that movie. Um, I also, I also I can't not cannot forget to talk about the soundtrack. Um, yeah, this is this is this this soundtrack for Captain Marvel is to '90s hip hop and grunge as uh, Guardians is to like '70s and Classic '80s 70s easy rock. rock. Yeah. yeah, like it was such a great eclectic mix. Um, oh, it was like, wonderful. Nirvana in there. You got some salt and pepper in there. You got some TLC. Um, this was a really nice mix, and uh, there, there's lots of '90s references and jokes abound. Um, some not to mention the blockbuster movie store. Yeah, that she falls into. <laughs> <laughs> I, in the theater, really I heard several of the bearded folk in the audience. You know, <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, those. <laughs> What I day. was alive when that was still a thing. Um, yeah, but but that being said, with the soundtrack and even in the overall feel, um, with the with the Cree being involved, it it felt like a really really um, solid marriage between the classic MCU feel from Phase One and the Guardians movies of uh, of Phase Three. Was that Phase Two? Phase Two, right? Yeah, Phase Two. I think both Guardians movies are in Phase Two. Actually, it was just perfect mix. You know, you had the 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 
even no, I um, lied. I marriage, lied. Two is in phase three. I lied. No, but there was this this perfect marriage between orchestrated soundtrack and and pop music that just that that it flowed so well. Yes, very much yeah, so. And, and and that sort of a thing. I've seen in in Thor Ragnarok. It felt a little choppier in that regard, where they they kind of threw in some some Led Zeppelin. And I, I love Led Zeppelin as much as the next, you know, seventies, eighties rock fan. But it's a, it felt a little bit out of place, maybe a little bit forced. But but they just they just went with it, yeah. and it worked so There's well. Still a good scene though with the uh, immigrant song and the. I I do have that shot in my head. Like anytime I hear that song now. Like I just see that image of like Thor, like crowned in the lightning bolts, like slowly landing on the Bifrost to oh. slow down with all of that. Yeah, that's a beautiful shot. You know, I just, it, oh. it felt like the music was maybe just a little out of place, but not so with with Captain Marvel. No, was, I, I, was, there was a, was a lot of like, really fun uh, musical cues. Alexis had to keep nudging me because I was like start dancing in my seat <laughs> a little bit. Is it just like what a man, what a man, what a man? And I'm like kind of like chucking and jiving in my seat. She's like, stop it! <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Um, but yeah, it, great soundtrack. Uh, and I think that's all I could really say, spoiler free wise, before we can really um, get into the meat and potatoes here. Unless you yeah, have anything else you wanted to touch on. The only other thing is just another another uh, nod to the actors. I thought I thought Jude Law's performance was spectacular. If Ben Mendelsohn didn't steal that movie for me, it was Jude Law. And I don't I don't always love um but I'm a huge fan of like the Sherlock Holmes movies and he's just got an excellent and and versatile personality on the stage and or on the screen. And I I I just love the the performance that he put on for us. Absolutely. I That's agree the last that. spoiler-free comment that I had from the movie. Very visually stunning. I guess we could throw in there. It was, it was really well, really yeah, well done in post-production. Very, very beautiful-looking film. Speaking um, of post-production, um, non-spoiler stuff. I thought they did a really wonderful job of of, of de-aging Samuel L. Jackson for this ooh, movie. Yeah, absolutely. It was hardly that noticeable. Was chilling. You cool. see it. You see it at first and go. Wow, that's crazy. Like I leaned over like Alexis and I were talking like whenever he was in the car with uh Carol and Veers. Um and <laughs> she calls herself at that point. Yeah. I was reading all like the promotional stuff and like the Funko Pop that is labeled Veers with like the teal outfit. Yeah. And I've been saying Vers this whole time. And then when I heard them say Veers, I was like, No, it's Vers. <laughs> I've made up my mind already on how you're supposed to say that. It is not Veers. It is Ver. It's not up to the studio to decide. It's up for us, right? Yes, yes. I I misread it on a Funko Pop box, and I know it's Vers. Damn it. Um, <laughs> there's only one Veers, and he's an Imperial General. Um, Buzz. but no, I, I Alexis and I were talking. It's like he looks like he just walked off the set of Pulp Fiction. It was awesome. Like, and and even even in some of the other MCU movies Frank. that we've seen. Oh yeah, you you you're right on that on that count. But even even in uh, uh, Captain America: Civil War, whenever they they had the scene with uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s flashback, it was so obvious, and it was really it was almost it was almost hard to look at at some angles. 
in that scene. Um, it had that really rubbery, shiny face thing yeah, going on. But they did a phenomenal job with Samuel L. in this movie. It was I was really impressed. It, it actually took me like a solid at the beginning of the movie to say, hey, wait a second. Samuel L. Jackson's an old fart at this point. He's yeah. not supposed to be looking this good. <laughs> you know, you, like you said, add an afro and some and some funky facial hair and that that guy is Jules. Yeah, that, that's Jules Winfield. Like that's that's who that was. Like Jules Winfield. Oh, oh my god. What if after Jules retires from being a hitman and working for I'm Marcella just going to walk the earth. I'm going to walk the earth and look for aliens. I'm going to walk the earth and then he ends up becoming a <laughs> shield agent. Changes his name to Nicholas Joseph Fury. Creates this I'm whole real hard, Ringo. I'm trying real <laughs> hard to be the shepherd. I'm going to find aliens and start a, a phenomenal alien fighting group. <laughs> oh, man. That, no, that's, that's not a good name. I'll have to come up with a better one. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> that and that's also one of my favorite MCU Easter eggs ever. Is that Ezekiel twenty five seventeen is Fury's is the Bible verse on Fury's but fake gravestone on his gravestone? Oh my gosh, I lost it. I remember like when like, who noticed it first? I think you were the one who told we, me. I think we both sort of looked at each other at the same time. I can't remember because like, I just remember like oh this is, this is a deep cut and I love it. Um. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So um, if that's all that we've got for the, the spoiler-free section, yes. then now um, might be the time to, to raise the alarm yes, b- and tell everybody who do, hasn't seen it to, to Vamoose. Yes, absolutely. Before you leave, though, um, there are two post-credit scenes. There's like the mid-credit during like the fancy credits, and then yeah, yeah. there is a credit. After all the logos after, and stuff. Yeah, there's a scene after the vanilla black and white credits. Hey, right. So stay for both of those. Make sure you see both of them. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, but I think that's going to do it for spoiler free talk. So turn this bad boy off. This is the spoiler zone. Who needs TJ to make, like put sound effects into the show whenever we I've have got them all. You have well, all. Maybe, maybe not all of them. Just the, just the Imperial Klaxon. Yeah. Yeah, one man so, soundboard. Turn back now. Yes. And five, four, three, two, one. The cat cuts out Fury's eye. Okay. I am so, so mad. <laughs> I had one request from this movie. And I told all of you what my one request was. I did not want to see Fury lose his eye in this movie. Not only did Fury lose his eye in this movie, it's the most stupid version of that I have seen in my life. So mad at this movie. Not not in general. It was a great movie. But I had one request, and it was not at all met. It was so cringy i hated it so i i haven't Uh, made up my mind i have not made up my mind on that yet i am still really on the fence with that um part of me like because of just how this like um the the stoic badassery of nick fury 
part of me's uh, like it should have been like an ugly battle. He should have been betrayed by somebody. I was and I, so disappointed, man. And I, 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 so part of me is like all of that. But you also got to remember how much of a sarcastic douche Fury can be. So like when you look back on the last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. Can cat. That's that's beyond sarcasm, man. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind. I remember like um because I saw it with it was me, Michael Stanley, and Alexis. You all saw it last night. Um, you know who that is. That means nothing to everybody else. I mean, they've heard oh, about yeah, Lexi about. numerous times, but you you know who I'm talking about. Um, yeah, <laughs> and we three of us there in the theater, and Michael. Michael predicted Goose being an alien, which I figured would happen. But he was like specifically like, there's something going on with this cat. Like I was expecting the cat to like do like some type of rocket raccoon style. Maybe the cat uh, flies or whatever. I wasn't expecting it to be the beast that it was. Like it's like a cat with a wrath tar stuck in its yes, stomach. Yes. And it's exactly what I, I where my mind went to is the wrath tars from the force awakens. But, um, it, like it, I figured Goose would be an alien in some way, and it would then the Goose would be a scene stealer. But I was not expecting. <laughs> I was fine with Goose up to this point. Like whenever whenever Goose started getting all tentacly and and ferocious and weird, I was like, okay, this is this is amusing. I'll give him that. But come on, man. Yeah, that was it, it was it was wild. It was funny. But he he predicted that he was like Goose. Something's going on with Goose, and then. All three of us almost simultaneously as a joke, whenever cat warm or the cat warmed up to fury, almost all of us simultaneously went, that cat's going to take his eye. <laughs> like, and just kept making jokes the whole time that goose was going to cut out fury's eye. And then like, motherfucker, like we were dying. Like, how did that happen? What is happening? Um, that was, uh, that, that was I mean, like I said, I haven't made up my mind yet. And it's probably going to take me I have made up my mind. I can tell you you have a hard opinion on that one. I have made uh, it up. On the, on the topic of Fury, um, I really want to talk about a lot of the really cool connections this movie has to the greater MCU. Because we knew from the trailers Ronan the Accuser was going to be in it. And that... Um, Hold on, I have the cast in front of me. The Lee Pace. Is that who you're talking about? Lee Pace, but the um the guy who worked for Ronin. Oh yeah, yeah. The the half robot guy from Guardian. yeah, Guardians. yeah tracks, I, I picked up like, on that as well. Decimates. I can't remember his character's name. Um uh, Atlas Korath. Oh, Korath. Korath, that's right. Um so I knew Korath was going to be in it. I knew uh, um, Ronan the Accuser was going to be in it. Um, however, and Coulson, obviously, there's a lot of really cool connections here beyond that. Um, a, you get to see a whole lot of the stuff of the idea that the Kree are kind of predisposed, or not like as a race, but like their ideology is predisposed to the kind of like radical violence that we yeah. see from Ronan the Accuser. Um, yeah, and the fact that Ronan spends the entire movie being like incredibly trigger happy, and at, at every point you see him in, on the screen, he's like, "We will destroy them. We will, we will crush them." And and throughout the film, Jude Law is continually reeling him back in, like, "No, we can take care of this. We're we're here. We're ready to go." 
like stand by we'll take care of it yeah i i, I like i like the fact that like they, they're very clear about the fact that like ronan the accuser is just straight up bloodthirsty and crazy um that was really cool also the tesseract I did not see that one coming at all. Me I should either. have. Well, another another instance in the MCU where it's like staring you straight in the face for the entire movie, but are unable to make that connection until you see it on the screen. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I find that very interesting. And again, it adds to Fury's predisposition to everything that he does. And that's kind of what I was hinting yeah. at was that like he's very quick to be like, we need to use the Tesseract and we need to use it first. Right, right. I already know of somebody who wants to use it against us, so we need to use it before they do. Yeah. Although it did, it did start. I think it questions than it answered. You know, uh, up until this point, I'd always assumed that for Howard Stark found it at the bottom of the ocean, that it just kind of had been in Shield's hands since then, uh, from leading up to Inven- the, the first Avengers movie. But now we have questions like, well, okay, if if Howard Stark found it, then how did you know the 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 space lady? Uh, what what uh, Marvel is that her yeah, name? Yeah, Marvel. Yeah. The, how did the, how did Marvel get her hands on it and had it? The, the, it 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 raised even more questions, which we'll we'll get an answer to that. Well, what from what I understand, and this is the vibe I got from it was that like operation Pegasus was using the Tesseract and with Marvel doing what she was doing, she swiped it and brought it up to the space station. Uh, I so, see what like, you're saying. So like it, it was supposed to be within shields ownership or, you know, the United States is right, ownership right. from, you know, yeah, the but, SSR but to, be, to the shield. Yeah. To, to be operated and, and tested upon, uh, under the shield jurisdiction. But then it, it also makes me wonder if, cause it didn't seem like Fury had any previous knowledge of it whenever they first encountered the Tesseract on the, the orbital spaceship laboratory thing. So it, I guess it makes me wonder He's also pretty oh, how fresh, classified. Like, yeah, he's pretty flesh, but how classified is if Shield can can wave his ID and put his his finger on a pad to get into one of the most secure military uh, facilities in the country without any questions asked, then classified is the Tesseract operation. Probably very because again, like nobody, like it's obviously the Tesseract's sheer existence is proof of aliens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, the, but, like, but he's shield though. So even if, I feel like at at a basic as a basic level, shield has got to know that aliens are out there because of the tesseract. But even even like your your entry level agent, I feel like even darts in this movie, he should already sort of be aware. It's whenever he first account encounters Carol outside the blockbuster store, he's real sarcastic. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, you're you're an alien, and and the shapeshifters are, are out there. And well, how do you know? How do I know that you're not one of them? And and he's ready to arrest her, like he doesn't believe her. But I feel like if he's an agent of Shield, even at at a basic level, he should be privy to. And if he is, then why is he shrugging off? through the the blockbuster movie store ceiling 
and just dismantled a payphone as if she yeah. <laughs> she's some kind of spy. No, I, Spies I don't run around in rubber costumes, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, unless you're Natasha Romanoff or Clint Barton. Um, uh, I guess you have a point there. Ev- eventually, this the spies <laughs> adopt the rubber costumes. They start leather and then they get rubbery as you go on. Right, um, right. Like I said, I think, I think a lot of that, again, has to do with just how close to the chest shield plays everything um because you know if you look at the later movies in the timeline constantly stuff will happen that is seemingly news to everybody else except for nick fury so i, I think yeah there's something to that going on i think there's also just like nobody really knowing what the tesseract is until like and that's kind of like my theory with this is that like the tesseract is proof that like there's something bigger going on but they need but like once fury saw the tesseract being used up close and personal was when they went oh this this is what it does classified yeah we need to to, the max you know to steal the uh, quote from suicide squad we gotta you know lock it in a hole and throw away the hole (laughs) Yeah, and that that even ties into like the the major conflict between Captain America and Fury in Winter Soldier, yeah, where they're like, very much like, so. like the secrets don't get out because nobody knows them all. And then Cap's like, well, except for you, yeah. <laughs> you know. And for a brief <laughs> second there, we kind of we with Captain America, we kind of question Fury's intentions for for a, for a split second of the movie. Yeah. That's what makes so, Fury interesting. It's like I don't think anybody would ever th- think of Nick Fury as being a a person who acts with bad intent but like he's clearly capable of very disgusting things if he has to do it oh yeah oh yeah and i think that's why people like him um we talked about nick fury a lot and i think it's just because you and i are both fury fanboys and um like nobody's business oh yeah i I, I have (laughs) such a i have such a boner for nick fury it's not even funny Oh, uh, not even a half chub. It's the full thing. It's the full Monty. Um, <laughs> don't call it a Monty, please. <laughs> don't call it a Monty. I don't, I don't know why. That just makes me slightly uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, uh, so Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, her journey in and of itself. I really, 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 really like what Brie Larson did with this role. And I do too. I can I can hardly imagine why there's some pushback from her performance. I thought she did fabulously. I saw a lot of people kind of saying that like it felt like she was people who actually had something worthwhile mentioning, you know. And like yeah. I and this I think this is going to be like the one time we address it and it might come up again later for good reason perhaps. But just from the top, if we bring up any criticism in this review, like either criticism somebody else said or our own. I'm I'm not taught anybody whose opinion has anything to do with Brie Larson being an outspoken feminist or anything quote unquote political about this movie. I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole because oh, no. and, it, and the it's, movie it's rooted in, it's rooted in idiocy in the whole, like, oh, she needs to smile more, which they address in the movie, which I, I almost pissed my pants i was laughing so hard like really <laughs> loudly in the, in the auditorium that they br- he's like hey baby you should smile more and i like loudly went ah! like 
and 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 even throughout the film, even though, like you said, Brie Larson is a very outspoken feminist, and there was a lot of um, feminist foreplay from the community at large coming into this movie like oh this is the first movie dedicated just to a woman in the mcu so it's there's going to be there's going to be all sorts of feminist undertones throughout this whole thing there really wasn't yeah outside of like you know i'm a woman i'm just as capable as you are and you know that you see multiple moments where she kind of has to stare you know institutionalized sexism in the eye like i said there's the whole you know like you need to smile more scene and the and the, the, the manipulation fighter, the fighter pilots not having a chance in the yeah in the force you know and it's it's the same i had the same apprehension coming into this movie as i did going into black panther that it was just going to turn into a you know i am a woman hear me roar or you know i am i am african hear me roar but in neither case was there really a profound statement? Here we are. You know, it's a just, profound statement that takes away from the story. Exactly. Because it, it was so fluid throughout. Yeah. It, it has and, a lot to say, but it's not like it, it does it in a very tactful way, which is exactly how it should be done and exactly how I think most people expected it to be done. Absolutely. You know? and, 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 and that's my thing is that if, if, I, I anytime I cite a criticism, it is coming from somebody who I know is acting in good faith and that their criticism is not based on I just want to take the piss out of this movie and I just want to take the piss yeah. out of Brie Larson. Um, yeah. That said, the main critiques I saw of Brie Larson's performance, which I understand this, I just don't think they quite understood what she was going for. I don't think it worked for them, was like <clears throat> Brie Larson or her iteration of Captain Marvel, who full disclosure in the comics does not have a lot going on. She's incredibly powerful. She's abrasive. She's very domineering. And that's, that's pretty much where Carol's characterization begins and ends. Unfortunately, a lot of the time. No, she's been, and it's again, a lot of it has to do with that. I am here. I am in control. I am in command. I'm going to do this because Carol Danvers is a born leader. And a lot of people kind of had this idea that it was, it would go back and forth between like, Oh, she's like the sassy smart mouth and Oh, she's the, the strong, silent, stoic badass. And Oh, she's this like really heartfelt, compassionate person. And then it like jockeyed back and forth between three different character types. When I think like, I, I think the whole point of her performance was supposed to be like, a, there's the whole thing with the Cree telling her that she needs to keep her emotions in check. And it's been six years of her being told you need to keep, you need to stay in control. Yeah. So I think that's where the stoicism comes from. And I think she herself has that sarcastic humor to her that bleeds through that. But whenever she's in a moment where she can be vulnerable, her true, more compassionate self comes out. Absolutely. And it, and it unfolds kind of slowly throughout the movie as you would expect it to the more exposure she gets the more puzzle pieces from her past she puts together um whenever she's reunited with her best friend uh, maria uh most uh, what was that like two-thirds of the way through the movie they have their big um, reunion and it unfolds piece by piece it, it, it's not at all you know a back and forth back and forth it's it's a it's a slow unraveling and throughout, you still you still maintain those 
those moments sometimes, like you said, of, of stoicism and, okay, I need to be tough now because the situation demands it. Really isn't, you know, an emotion roulette where throughout the, depending on the situation, you never know what you're going to get. It seems pretty clear. Yeah. Which one she's um, going to need to tap into. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think it was. I think a lot of it was her having to keep her emotions pent up and then getting to see like her real personality bleed through here and there. Um, again, I think Brie Larson turned in an excellent performance. I don't think, uh, I don't, I, like I said, I think that there is a, a subtlety to that performance that I can understand how it goes over some people's heads. Uh, not goes over people's heads. It's very, it sounds incredibly dismissive, but why some people didn't quite pick up on what I think she was going for. Um, but she was excellent. Uh, I loved seeing her, um, kind of like shake off everything that was holding her back in the third act when she just goes like one woman army through like the entire Cree invasion force. Oh yeah. The, um, the, the missile, Whenever uh, Ronan fires all those missiles down at her, yeah, that was wild. Um, I well, there's something I really, really liked about that, and like about her moving forward in the MCU, especially, is a lot of characters in the MCU. You're like powerhouse heroes. There's the you have that like learning to let to find their true potential arc happen, um, like we see with Thor through like the Thor trilogy and then through like the Avengers movies become more and more powerful to the point where he no longer needs Mjolnir. And like, like we were talking about earlier with um, the immigrant song scene where he's just mowing through all of those zombies in Asgard. And then, you know, you get to infinity war, the bring me Thanos, you know, and you get to that scene, you get to see how powerful Thor is now that he's finally unleashed himself. And he is just this Nordic Scandinavian ass kicking machine um <laughs> and you kind of get the reverse of that with the hulk where like the hulk is like become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and plateaued in infinity war yeah so like hulk is on that like reverse where like he has to find his strength again probably an end game captain marvel it took her one movie to get through to like her full potential and now we can just see her cut loose for the rest of it ever which means <laughs> Which means all of the threats she has to deal with are going to be on her level or higher. And I, I think, think this movie does a really good – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think this no. movie does a really, really good job of being like, yeah, she is going to make the difference with fighting Thanos. Even further than that, you know, we can we can look to some – even it, – it, it's hard to imagine uh, – for those who have just been following the MCU without much comic book context, a more a greater, a more powerful, a more sinister villain than Thanos. But at his core right now, he is still, I think, trying to do the right thing, but is going about it the completely wrong way. And so I think with as powerful a character as we have now with Martin, with Captain Marvel, being introduced with her full potential, I think we can look to see some sinister characters with sinister intent, with sinister plan, you know, sinister means and sinister ends that we can look forward to. 
Like, uh, yeah. uh, who, who are the guys that we touched upon in the last episode? Doctor Doom, Doom, Galactus, cool. Annihilus. These these incredibly destructive and sinister characters that do the wrong things for the wrong reasons. Are yeah. Gonna, yeah, we can look forward yeah, to some seriously scary villains coming up. There's going to be a really cool battle of the wills between them as well. Like there is the, that, that incredibly strong-willed spear that Carol has is going to meet head-on with um, Thanos. Right. You know, the hardest decisions require the strongest of wills. Like there's going to be that. Like, you know, you have no right to be doing this. I'm saving the universe. Get out of my way. And I really look forward to seeing how those two lock horns. Um, uh, I want to talk about the uh, the, the the twist villain. Ooh. which like um, i did not see it coming maybe i should have <laughs> a, whenever they like acceptable to these crazy twists though it, whenever they finally put her memories back together and we saw the true memory of it being um uh i can't remember how to Dude, say it. Uh, yon rog i think is yeah yon rog i can never remember how to say it um whenever we see that it's yon rog who shot down carol and uh, in division <laughs> see, I see, again like I was like oh like he I was like he might be a turncoat I was like he might be a scroll sleeper and like I wasn't expecting it to be the Kree who were the villains the whole time yeah neither was I like, and, I, like and, I knew the Kree were not exactly on the right side of history oh no no but I, but I wasn't they were expecting the that exactly and, I was thinking they were just the lesser of two evils next to the scrolls and even as we saw the the cameos from Ronin slowly escalating throughout the movie, you know, in Guardians, it's like a, you know, Ronin is a Kree fanatic. We we don't we don't associate associate ourselves with with that level of of radicalism. You know, I kind of just had thought, well, maybe there's a little bit of development in here for Ronin too, where where Jude uh, Law's yes. character and Ronin both start out as like these slightly edgier versions of a of a Ronin warlord oh uh jude law still belongs to the you know the quote the the purest faction or whatever and then ronin just kind of splits off after this movie as a result those were my initial thoughts as we sort of saw the two of them interact that okay like the last of the accusers like which just that title alone sounds incredibly like you have to be a you have to have like be drinking the kool-aid a little bit to be yeah. on that level you know like that's the at least that's the vibe i got from it not even until the moment of the big reveal was i anywhere close to expecting that all of of the kree were considered the villains in this movie absolutely I, alexis was just like knew it and i was like what the what how <laughs> <laughs> like she I don't understand <laughs> she figured out colson was a scroll well i did yeah mm. I didn't know. I didn't get that one at all. That was funny. That was a funny one too, though. <laughs> it's like Fury. This is Colson. Where is everybody? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was that like was so Colson. Colson moments. He's just kind of like keeping it cool, but just like, um, guys. <laughs> I did not even. There were there were so many pleasant surprises. Absolutely unexpected and shocking ones as well. Yeah. I was the only one of of bet- between you and Lexi and me. I was the only one that was uh, truly caught off guard by the alien goose. I, 
such a fluffy looking cat how could it, was, it do any harm was, to anybody <laughs> i was incredibly i was incredibly shocked by that because i was not expecting you know like it to swallow the space stone oh. and just furball it out later um yeah, but speaking of i don't i don't mean to to fast forward here but during the second end credit scene i was really hoping because i knew that like the the recent trend with the the final end credit scene in marvel movies is to have it kind of be a more comical twist and i was really really hoping that after all that like gagging and coughing that it would just be a hairball you know it's gonna spit that tesseract right up and i was like no please just let it be a big fat <laughs> hairball that would be so funny <laughs> or even like just a a, a cree finger or something that would have been funny yeah <laughs> like that but not to say that I was totally disappointed with that scene. It was still no. still kind of amusing. I just really, really wanted it to just be just this big fat hairball. That'd be really funny. I also like the like the Cree appendages coming up. Um, but yeah, well, once we realize that Yonrag is the true antagonist of the movie, well, that and the Supreme Intelligence and just the whole Cree yeah. collective. Um, like I said, I was expecting That's the Cree to become an enemy. But I was not expecting it to be like, the no, the Kree are enemy. the enemy. Yeah, exactly. And you've been on the wrong side of this fight the whole time. If, since the, I, I'm going to call it a restraining bolt to use a Star Wars term for lack of a better option at this moment. But from the moment I saw that they were kind of controlling her with that little chip behind the ear, that little str- the, the restraining bolt, I knew that at some point uh, Carol would have to and they would at some level be an antagonist for her just just for her exactly. you know like you're, you're the ones that are holding me back and i'm gonna i'm gonna get rid of that influence you're doing and I'm gonna be... unethical things in this conflict we exactly. are at odds now for her to have that moment where like uh you know yon rog you've been trying to make me the best version of me that i can be well uh you've been lying to me this whole time i'm much more powerful than this get off my back sort of a thing but not like a holy crap you are attempting genocide yeah that was a total left field twist and there's going to be a lot of people and this is going to be like the same crew of people and granted i do somewhat belong to this camp um i am very much i like to see things be as accurate to the comics as possible um however i am okay with when things are changed and it, it, though it is a bit of a culture shock for me personally, when that kind of thing happens, I do eventually grow up and, you know, like or grow to like it. Um, you know, kind of like the Mandarin in Iron Man three, like, you know, oh, my geez. biggest complaint coming out of that movie <laughs> was like, I wanted like the Mandarin Mandarin. Yeah. Um, and granted, technically you do have that with Aldrich Killian, but. It's um, not what we were expecting. We no, didn't get the classic comic and, book. Yeah. And and the more I watch those movies, the more I see like, ooh, they were so they were so pulling at the at the comic book fans. You know, I, I noticed the at one point, rings, yeah. yeah, exactly. He's wearing the ten rings on his fingers in all the scenes. And these are the things that I picked up on, you know, after the second or third watch. They were really trying to get us. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, and, and for, like you said, for a lot of people, that was just a really upsetting twist. But I think at this point in, in the, in the MCU, people don't really have that much to complain about. MCU itself. Yeah. They, they might have some beef with, with comic influence and stuff like that, but it was an interesting 
twist and i i really enjoyed it yeah i was not expecting the scrolls to be the victims neither was i no. and even i i still i was going into this with the ben Mendelssohn is orson krennic mentality where yeah. he is the bad guy and he <laughs> has the capability a there was a little there was a lot of krennic in like the first act yeah and yeah especially when he was like uh, playing the agent there for for a while but i went into this with such a like uh, Mendelssohn is the bad guy and he has such wonderful um ability to be a sinister villain that I was just completely. I think that was deliberate. I, interesting. I think there was a lot of people who just see him, see the fact that I don't, I cannot think of a single character he has played that is not a total piece of garbage. I, I cannot think of a, I cannot think of a single Ben Mendelsohn character who isn't a piece of shit. Got us good, man. <laughs> they I got us I, good. I can't think of anything, and I think that was the point. I think they were like, okay, everyone thinks he's going to play a villain. And all of the comic book people know that the scrolls historically are, are a really evil. Yeah. And that was my thing is I'm like, okay, like it's, this is what's going on. And that's, that was my whole thing with like the Cree scroll conflict is I was like, okay, it's going to be the, the Cree are bad, but the scrolls are worse. So you're going to root for yeah. the Cree until the scrolls are no longer a threat. And then you can be like, then okay, you get the guardians. Now too. Yeah. And then cut yeah. The um, perfect but no or so, so, or so we thought right yeah and i was so shocked by that and that's and um i put this thing on twitter today and i um this is we're talking about talos and that whole twist one of my favorite things about the mcu is for most of the movies there's like one line or one scene or one whatever that becomes this like MCU meme for a minute. <laughs> uh, you got shawarma, puny god, um, uh, you know uh, the on your left. Oh man, the, uh, the list goes on. The the is the elevator worthy thing <laughs> they're talking about? You know, yeah, in, in Ultron, in Age of Ultron. Um, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all from Guardians. Yeah, like, yeah. Like there, you have those like the that those scenes that like blow up. It becomes these huge memes for a little bit after the movie came out. And my new, I'm gonna send it to you right now. Um, so you know how like the main promotional image for the Shazam movie is like the picture of like Shazam sipping on like the really large soda. Yeah. So I'm just gonna let you I'm see what I sent here. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you look at what I sent you, and I'll, I'll I'll describe what I sent. I'm in suspense. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, so for those That's of you who know, um, the, the meme I'm referring to with this, um, I do think there's gonna be a couple scenes that become memes. Um, a lot of the goose. Sure, stuff, the cat. Obviously. The go goose is already a meme. Yeah, goose is going to have like a lot of memes as well. Old lady but, is already a meme on the yeah. subway. But my my favorite thing to emerge from the movie is just that one shot of Talos sipping on his drink. <laughs> I have seen like multiple people change their Twitter profile pictures to just Talos sipping. <laughs> Um, I want a shirt that's just sipping Talos really badly. Like I just want a Talos sipping T-shirt. Um, Tim, get on that if you're listening. You, you should be. 
but <laughs> get on that. If you're not, I'll text you. Um, but I, uh, I, I love the, the humor with Talos. And I, like I said, I just, I love the MCU memes. I love not like specifically MCU memes, but like those scenes that just blow up. Yeah. You know, like there's this, it's like, well, what throwaway line or a throwaway scene that just grow grows legs that I don't think anybody was expecting. I don't think people were expecting this sipping Talos to become a thing, but it is. Um, but I've never seen Ben Mendelsohn this funny before. Like it, it, it almost caught me off guard. I, I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I wasn't expecting Mendelssohn to be the bad guy at all. And then when he started to make jokes, I was kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> and then it wasn't until the end of the movie that I was actually able to to start some of his jokes and ch- you know, chuckling in my seat. Because the shock had not yet set in. Like, okay, it's cool. He's good. He's allowed to make jokes and we can laugh at him. Yeah, like that was my thing. It was just like he comes in and he's like, "Look, I'm sorry. There was a big misunderstanding." And everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took me a good while. And then, but that was really good use of that, like really sudden humor, though, to like disarm Talos for the audience. Oh, yeah, because like everyone's on guard, like, "Oh shit, he's in the house." There's a scroll with the kid. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And then he just starts sipping on like a milkshake or whatever it was, <laughs> and it's like. What? You just became a whole lot less threatening. <laughs> and yeah, and sometimes they do that on accident and it just completely ruins a movie. But it I that was the you was know, the more I think about case, it. The and the, and the more yeah. we talk about it, it was it was it was well placed and and it t- again, I wasn't ready and I didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. As I, it as the movie went on, I was I was able to to warm up to that that sort of humor. Oh, I really want to see more of him. I really, really, really want to see him in future Marvel stuff. Um, like, I still do want the scrolls to be a threat. Um, and they've done stories in the comics before where, like, you know, there will be a group of scrolls and the heroes will get all up in arms and be, oh, it's time to fight. But then it was like a pacifist group like these ones that Talos was leading. Um, yeah, they're yeah. not necessarily pacifists, but, you know, refugees, people who aren't trying to actively be a part of a war. And, um, and and I thought that actually, whenever you mentioned how your expectation was, yeah, um, the the Kree will be bad, but the scrolls will be worse. And my thought there was, it's not too late for them. I I would not at all be surprised if they come back in a, in a later film. Uh, maybe maybe as a Guardians villain, it seems like a, a scroll uprising might be a little overkill to send Captain Marvel in, especially. Uh, when at the end of the movie she's After like for <laughs> for emergencies only use my use my pager and now that we've seen what we're capable of it almost seems like sending in captain marvel would be overkill for the for the scrolls but i could totally see this being a a future guardians plot perhaps and i i don't know i just i, I think they need to go out of their way to show that like the group that talos was with not is, the same is like is disjointed from like yeah. the scrolls as a whole because I still want to see the secret invasion storyline. Like I want to see there be like, ooh, who's a scroll, who isn't a scroll, all of that um, intrigue that comes with that story arc. We got a little bit. Of, we got just a tiny taste of it in the, in the first act of this movie, and I yeah. was so thirsty for more of it that uh, I would absolutely love to see that on the screen again. Exactly. Like it's it's always always so thrilling when they yeah. have that like. You cannot invasion trust the invasion of the, the, the body snatchers sort of a vibe to exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Secret invasion. Um, 
so that was really cool. I was really fascinated by again, like the direction they took that. Um, I, again, like Ben Mendelsohn, like I, it's not that I, he's an amazing actor. It doesn't surprise me that he has the comedic streak to him that he does. It just wasn't expected like, at all. I don't, the only times I, I laughed at like Krennic, which like, I think was just the most similar character to Talos for the most part, or at least at first was like, you know, Krennic had funny moments, but they were funny just because of how over the top he is. <laughs> Are we blind? Deploy the garrison! You know, like, you know what? That's great. I loved it. You know, and everybody on Dubak, you know. The the battle the battlefront memes that streamed from that as well. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody <laughs> on Dubak, just, you know, the way it was in high school with, like, my favorite line and that whole damn movie. Is that, we stand here, but it's my achievement, not yours. Like that whole, like <laughs> over the top, just screeching at Grand Moff Tarkin. Ah, oh, I loved it. That, that's that intensity that, like, you laugh because, like, holy shit, dude, calm down, chill. And he like brings that intensity, but it's also funny. It's, and there's yeah, like, it's it's redirected to a to a to a more intentionally comedic outlet, and it works phenomenally. And even earlier in the movie, like he was, he had, he was, he had quips. I can't think of another MCU villain that was like making jokes throughout. Maybe some of the, some of the, like the, the phase one villains where we're still warming up to the idea of a truly sinister foe. That's what I'm saying though. But like, how many of them are like actively like, and I'm not saying like they're taunting the hero. Like, Oh, they're like but there was joking. a fair amount of that with Ultron. I think toward, especially, yeah. eh, maybe toward the end of the movie, toward, at the beginning of the movie, Ultron was terrifying. Yeah, but and like as it went on, it, it was it, like sardonic humor, like you know, with the benefit of hindsight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know those those kind of those, those quips that that you, you you sort you sort of see as as he realized that he's that he's losing, but like you said, it is think about it and again i always i always like to watch a movie twice before i do a serious review about it and so i don't remember any of the actual one-liners but about him making those quips at the beginning of the movie then that's yeah when he was basically unprecedented whenever he was like fighting fury there was that one line where he's just like he he sounds to the effect of like i really like his striking blue eyes and it's like what the fuck yeah, where does that come from? <laughs> I will say this much. As funny as the movie is, there are a handful of jokes that fall flat, like right on their face. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why the kid I don't understand why the kid had to specifically say watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air with me. Like well, I get I think, it. Like you said, that could have been one of those just those nineties plugins. It was, where... but like the, you you have to go out of your ways your way to say Fresh Prince. You know what I mean? Like it was like that was so incredibly specific. Like that was meant to generate a West Philadelphia born and raised. Like it was that, <laughs> that get everybody in the audience nodding along yeah, as they're like, singing they, in their head. Yeah, they, they, everyone just had is just dun 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 Fresh Prince, you know yeah. that would have been that that would have been casual enough. It, 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 I feel like the only way that you could have made this any more obvious is if is if uh, the daughter I forget her name, but if she Monica just like looked right into the camera <laughs> as she said Fresh Prince, be like you know what's about to happen. I can already hear you singing it in your head. Yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> right Go down ahead. the barrel. 
It's like, you're watching, Fre- you're watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air with me. Um, the other one that like I just had like, and again, like again, the best reaction I saw in the whole theater was just like there was this like really disgusted, confused look on Alexis's face. That like I was like, yes, this is exactly how I feel. Thank you. Um, <laughs> when they like went out of their way to look at the scroll's dick. Yeah, oh, that was boy. just so and, abrupt. Okay, okay, like, okay, here's here's here's. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about that. I think I think it's defensible for for this reason only, is because whenever um, they're in that bar, uh, uh, Carol arrives on her motorcycle and Fury is already there, and they kind of do that. Well, how do I know you're not a scroll thing? Well, how do I know you're not a scroll thing? You know, for for half a second, I was kind of expecting her to just kind of like get a a really weird sort of a look on her face and be like, drop your pants. You know, and and I would be glad that didn't happen, but it, it's possible. It's possible that the reason why they both just kind of like curiously took a peek under the sheet was to was to sort of set up the the expectation in our minds that like, well, how do I know that you're that you're a human? You know, but but that's just a, that. a whack theory like, of mine. The the that would make sense. Yes, if it weren't for the fact that like Nick Fury like takes a beat and like his facial expression screams, I wonder what their dicks look like. Like uh, as he as he like picks it up and looks at it and like I get that Talos was like playing along. But like it, like, <laughs> it was just so yeah, awkward. It's, 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 it 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 like, wasn't even in passing. Played out. Like it was just the, like, the, the whole scene just like the, the attention was drawn directly to that green man's crotch and 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 also like i didn't i didn't physically react but in my mind i was going what yeah like, that was my thing i was like this is why why are we like taking time out of the movie to go green dick i'll never understand i, I didn't need that i didn't really <laughs> need that i was like okay whatever um the, yeah like, like i said there's in every marvel movie there's a couple jokes that just don't fall work. flat they got it um, I imagine they they try to to diversify the the comedic target to tr- you know to try to get something that everybody will think is funny, but some of them just uh, just don't. Oh, totally. Just like, don't I remember, pan out. I remember whenever Infinity War came out, they had that clip that aired on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever. I got legitimately nervous for Infinity War when I saw it, where it was that scene with Strange and Tony in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Where he was oh, like, with the, it will bring a level of destruct, destruction yeah. hitherto unknown. Did you, yeah, did you really just unknown? say hitherto undreamt? Yeah. Or hitherto undreamt. Like, like, are you really leaning on the cauldron of the cosmos? Yeah. And when taken bucks. out of context, that, that seemed really out of place. Yeah. But like it, it, in its defense, I think it really did help to set the, the, the precedent for their rapport between the two of them just kind of like this 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 mutual unspoken respect but also this oh yeah i'm gonna be messing with you hardcore yeah sort of a vibe but i just we didn't really get that with some of these jokes especially especially the green dick scene no thank you i don't know what that was about (laughs) i don't know like whose idea that was and how that didn't end up on the cutting room floor like I, I don't understand that at all. How that happened, and that—that that was like my only real big. That was the only like joke that I was like I took like an actual issue with. That like yeah. this is just dumb. 
like I know the Marvel movies don't necessarily have like the highest threshold for humor sometimes. Like it can be pretty goofy and lowbrow, but like we seriously just at the point where it's like let's just look at alien dicks. Like that's all it is, is just like, oh hey, penis. Cool. Yeah, I'm not about it. Yeah, it, yeah, it was that, that that was like that was probably like the dumbest joke in the movie. Um other than that, it was really cool. I really enjoyed the ooh, ooh. One of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Um, right before it went to the credits, um, Nick Fury at his desk and how oh, like, no. like the name of her fighter jet is the Avenger. Oh no 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 no! I just oh by the way, I think that was more what her call sign was. Like if you've ever seen Top Gun, they've got all these call signs. Actually, one of them is Goose. Yeah, I was in <laughs> oddly in enough. Comics in her comics, the cat's name is Chewy. Really? Like, like and I, I did remember seeing uh, like some article as I was just scrolling through. I didn't read it, but it was like why they decided to change the name of the cat. Did you read anything up on that? They just wanted to make it more relevant to the 90s and how like you know since it's the it's like 1990 when she disappears that it's supposed to be like oh she uh you know top gun was a more relevant reference than chewbacca yeah and that's just play up the whole air force thing what you know that's fine whatever i know back to the back to the computer thing i before i i We'll let you defend it in a minute, but I just thought it was really out of place. The you know if if they had established the fact that her call sign was Avenger earlier in the movie, I think I would have been more okay with it. But it just seemed like one of those things that they do in comic book movies that they did a lot in Amazing Spider-Man Two is where they just kind of like <laughs> made a connection that didn't necessarily have to be there just because they could. And there's a real danger when you have such a, a best Spider-Man movie. Absolutely, I couldn't. I couldn't say enough good things about about ASM too. <laughs> a good old meth mouth goblin. Um, uh, well. <laughs> but it, you know, it's just it seemed there's such a danger with comic book movies where you have so much material to work with that you can throw in all these Easter eggs, these cameos, these references. It takes a lot of restraint. It takes a lot of it restraint does. to make one of these movies well. It and it seemed like one of those references. Like ah, we can, so we will. Like it, it's at the very end of the movie, so I just get this this vision of of the writers uh, who are the uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, just like sitting there at the. How can we make this a lot better? Oh, I've got an idea. On the last page, what if Nick Fury's just like sitting at his computer, coming up with the Avengers initiative? I have no problem with him sitting at his computer after all this 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 has gone down and being like, okay, these people are out there. Let's put a team together. We need to be ready. We need to be ready. Makes total sense to me. But like, eh, it just seemed like one of those. Eh, why not? I mean, I, I understand. In. Here's my thing. I I don't think I would have liked it if they called attention to her call sign being Avenger. And here's why: because I think the moment you hear her, like, you know, Avenger, stand by, or this is Avenger, eh. whatever. Like the moment yeah, you hear that, it you go, oh, this is where they got the name from. Yeah, like, but you can clearly see it on the plane be in that. different scenes. You can still see that it's there in different scenes. It's just it's, like but you it's notice not noticeable. It at the out. at the very least, they could do like there's so many scenes in that movie where they're just flipping through old pictures, like you said. But all it would take is like a slower pan. Like the the one that I've got in my head is the big reveal where she realizes, oh my gosh, I was there. You know, with with uh, with 
uh, Marvell and some other guy. And then it like pans up to her jet. And that's when she's like, Oh my gosh, I was there. What the heck? All you needed was like a crisper image and a slower pan for people to catch that. Maybe not have it sink in as much catch most people's eye. It just seemed if, if they would have established it, even on the smallest level somewhere earlier in the movie, it wouldn't have seemed so out of place for me at the end. Perhaps, like I said, I really like that touch. Um, it's just a personal preference yeah. that I, but I totally hear that. Um, <laughs> I love on a, on a related note, I thought it was just hysterical when Colson comes in with a box full of eyeballs. <laughs> like, yeah. All different colors, as if, as if, as if, as if he's going to want a different color eyeball than the one that's already in his head. Like there's blues and greens and crazy shades. I'm like, just give him a brown eyeball. (laughs) That's what his other one is. Don't draw attention to it. He also just, and the fact that like he clearly doesn't take one. Oh no 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 no! Look, he's in Winter Soldier. He still has like the cloudy eye uh, when he takes off the eye patch. Um. But no, I I really enjoyed up. that. Yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, that you know that's where the name for the Avengers Initiative came, and then like and then the, the theme like swelled up, and I was you know I was like getting giddy. That that um, part did get me where with with the music, uh, the classic Avengers theme, that it almost made me forget that end scene. It's like woohoohoohoo, it's all going down now. Yeah, like this is what set everything in motion. Um, before we jump into the credit scenes and, uh, talk about what this could mean for Endgame, um, before we wrap up here, um, I'm man and I'm man enough to admit I cried like a bitch during the intro with the Stanley thing. Oh I didn't my God. cry, but, but I did. My heart. I did. It just showed him at the very I beginning and I went, I went, Oh, and then it kept showing him. And I realized that like the whole Marvel logo was just Stan Lee. And like, I just like, I just like, I put my hands over my face. It was just like, and, like I was in like Michael and Alexis both looked at me and they just kind of gave me like the, he's having a moment face. Um, you know what, you know what got me better than, than the, than the Marvel logo intro that they had was the scene on the bus, the scene on the bus. It was, it was wonderful. And it wasn't even like a, it was, it, it wasn't even so much. I know something that the rest of the audience knows, but I'm not supposed to know sort of a thing. It was just kind of like a, Oh, he was a really nice guy. I bet, I bet yeah. if we had coffee, we would have a really, really, really awesome time. Well, you know what he was reading on the bus, right? I didn't look too closely. That was, that was the script to the movie Mallrats. <laughs> really? That was the Mallrats script, <laughs> which was like it was a cameo of Stanley reading a script of which in a reading the script for a movie of which he has a cameo in. <laughs> That's funny. That's Stanception right there. Um, which I also I enjoyed with it. With that, with that scene with with them meeting on on the bus, is is it kind of a, a 
a, a little bit of a precedent, like as she's looking around trying to figure out who is it, who's it going to be. And she looks at, she looks at this guy. Oh, he's this weak guy. I'm, he's not the one. And then like, she, and then it's almost, it's almost comic then <laughs> when, when the old lady just kind of looks up at her with these sweet eyes and smiles. And of course we're all like, Oh, you're just messing. You're, you're the bad guy. Well, bam. And she, yeah. she beats him up. Thwack. <laughs> That reminds me, the sound design for Captain Marvel's powers was so cool. Ooh, I love it was that. Unique. I loved it, it, but it didn't. It didn't sound like Iron Man's repulsor beams, and it didn't have like the same sound of like Strange's like magic beams. Like it ah. had its own distinctive like. It's just had this a really cool sound to it. Um, with, and with the the use of the power at the beginning of the movie where she's really restrained and she basically just has like the repulsor esque ability, I can yeah. see where that'd be a huge danger. Like, oh, we don't want to think it it's too much like like Iron Man or too much like Doctor Strange, but yeah. they really made it their own. I Especially love with it. the amount of heroes whose powers boil down to they shoot a beam. <laughs> yeah, basically. They, like, what's your power? I have a colored beam. <laughs> just like them and. You know the the you can have just that like that Marvel Ultimate Alliance too. There were these abilities like there was like the super moves where like two heroes would team up and do like a fusion attack, and like there were so many different characters in that game where their ability was beam. Yeah, that like if you like had that character doing with Captain America, they all did the same one as Iron Man, or they and it was actually what he does in uh um the first Avengers movie. Where he, like, I guess they. Yeah, I think I think they do it in both. Where he like shoots the repulsors at the shield, and he like spews it around the room. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, like awesome. I said, I just I love the sound design for her abilities, and uh, um, I also really like the moment where she uh, changes the color of the costume to be like the Air Force T-shirt. Um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure how they were going to do that uh, with it being teal at the beginning. Yeah, and, I was, and, that was and, trans- and and uh, and transitioning it into the the classic comic book look. But no, I like the 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 return, and it, it was a huge part of her character development. In my eyes was like the return to the oh, it's Auntie Carol, you know, and yeah, and I think that Veer's personality is gone at that point. No way. And I think the that Monica um, really helped to process, and it was I, I liked it. It was it was fun. Absolutely. I also noticed that they um, they had like the black and white shield uniform she had at one point was when she cycled through, and then there was another yeah. costume she used to have that they cycled through as well. That's um, the kind. That's the kind of fun little Easter egg that I like to see, where it's it's. If you if you get it, you get it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah. And they don't dwell on it. It's it's not one of those things where if you don't get it, you say to yourself, "Okay, that was definitely a thing," but I don't understand it. Yeah, but I, I like that a lot. Bam. They cycled through some of her um, older color schemes. Um, I do have one legitimate question though with the costume change thing. If I couldn't figure out how that little touchpad functioned, how in the world did that twelve year old girl do it? Because like she's cycling through in all these different places, doing all these different things, and I'm I'm struggling to find like a pattern. You know, on Snapchat, you know that if you swipe <laughs> to the left, you'll get this color, and if you swipe down, you'll get black, and if you swipe up, you get red. But like, like I was struggling to find a pattern. Don't ask me. I and can't function Snapchat. Cut to the figure little it out. Alien. But, 
But then, like, the two of them just kind of look down at her Air Force t-shirt, and then they connect eyes, like, oh, yeah, I know what to do. And then she finds it. I'm like, how, how in the world did you figure out where to find the Air Force color <laughs> when I can barely figure out Snapchat? I just, maybe, that was, uh, maybe that's a I you problem, that. Spencer. Did you ever think of that? Did you ever think maybe, maybe it's not Monica, maybe it's you? Stop it, man. <laughs> You're making fun of me in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But, but you you were about to change the change the topic. Yeah, no, I wanted to get into the credit scenes, um, which oh. I low key predicted that they would just show a scene from Endgame, which made me happy. Huzzah! Huzzah! Why don't we break it down? Yeah. So um, after the uh, fancy credits, which is just what I refer to them as at this point. Um, <laughs> for lack of a better term for lack of a better term the fancy fun credits uh, they cut to Avengers HQ and they have Nick Fury's pager that he gifts to Captain Marvel which before we go any further can we address like I know like the whole hold up wait a minute Mr. Postman song is like an actual thing can we address the fact that Fury sings it exactly like the vine in that scene <laughs> Like, he did it exactly like the, hold on, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Eh. Like, it was exactly like the vibe. Years before your time, Nick Fury. (laughs) (laughs) Already dust when that's a thing. Oh, I love it. But um, Nick Fury is the original meme lord. Um, (laughs) I funny Reddit and 4chan were all created by S.H.I.E.L.D. Um. But that's my headcanon now. But anyway, we cut to the uh, Avengers HQ, and they pager have up to the thing. Yeah, they have the pager hooked up to some device. That, like we get the idea that apparently it's supposed to like boost the signal and keep it going. Yeah, and there's an implication that like the battery died or something while it was transmitting. They had to they had to yeah. connect it so that it would keep. But basically, they just got it hooked up to this thing that's going to keep the signal alive and get it out as far and as wide as they can. So that hopefully whoever whoever it is out there that he was trying to get to, because it's 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 it, I had to remind myself there that the Avengers have no idea what this thing is. Yeah. All they know is that they found it next to where Nick Fury was last seen and it looked like it was doing a thing. And so they don't know what to expect. Yeah. And I just also... kind of like waiting around, like, I wonder what's gonna happen. I wonder if somebody's gonna show up, if there is somebody on the other end of this thing, you know. Absolutely. And it's something that I liked looking forward to Avengers Endgame is the different ways people are handling what's going on. Um, Cap had that like that almost ruthless determination that we see from him in the trailers. Yeah. Where you have that like do it again. Keep trying. Do it again. Bruce Banner is incredibly no pun intended here. He's incredibly green. He's incredibly like I didn't mean to say no pun intended, but there's no way that you're walking away from that one. <laughs> Holy mackerel. He has that like really like, you know, like, Oh, I don't know what's going to work. And he, like, he's incredibly nervous about everything at this point, but that's um, not new for him. Like, in, in Ultron, him, like he's got he, this apprehension throughout, you know, and it's nice to see that there's still that bit of him left after everything that's happened. I'm just saying that like, you're seeing and, that, yeah, but he, like he's he's just nervous of everything at this point, and Natasha is just kind of following Steve's lead and all of that. Um, 
but they're talking about how they can't get the pager to shoot back up and boot up. And then abruptly, uh, Captain Marvel shows up. And she says, where's Fury? And then cut to black. Captain Marvel will return in Avengers Endgame. Um, really cool scene. And I'm so excited to see it in the full context of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm really, really excited for Endgame after this like more so than i was um there was that assumption of course that everybody was going to be okay what can we do but the trailer especially with tony just kind of adrift in space it was like okay but what what kind of action are they taking at this point it seems like they're biding their time just looking for ideas but inside the avengers hq we see oh no it's after the fact and they're still trying to figure out okay what can we do at this point and that was really encouraging to see. Okay, they've got a plan. They don't really know what it is, but they're on the move. They're in the beginning stages of a plan, as Peter Quill would say. Um, I have 10, 11% of a plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a stupid plan. concept. Um, anyway. The, yeah, absolutely. And I, but again, this is a testament to how much movie we have to work with when Endgame comes out. Is they're already on the move. We've already you're already on the move. We already so how much so we've seen so much of the movie that shows Cap without a beard. This scene, it seems like it's going to be fairly early into the movie that Carol becomes involved. Oh yeah, because yeah, like, I didn't Steve even think of that beard. So she's showing up this early, then it's going to get real real fast. Exactly, which makes me very happy. It's um, not going to be like the 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 Deus Ex Machina moment where oh no what are we going to do now Da-da! here comes Captain Marvel well who the heck is she I don't care she's killing the bad guys yeah <laughs> I don't care she's shooting at them uh, it allows for a lot of of intercharacter development between them as they kind of adjust as a squad yeah and, I think, and, and I'm I think really Captain that's Marvel what I'm looking forward to I think more than anything else within within the Avengers unit is is to see how carol fits into the machine as it were like what where is her cog absolutely i think she's going to be one of those characters who's a lot of fun to watch in the context of a team um and even the banter between her and fury was was so was so enjoyable just in this movie when you've got six or seven other people that all are quipping at each other constantly it's going to be great yeah Oh my god, I cannot wait to see how she vibes with Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that is gonna be funny as shit. <laughs> They're probably the only two people that get each other, you know? Yeah, it's just nothing but like, yeah, oh, it's gonna be fantastic. 70s references, out the wazoo. Yeah. But, um, Can't wait. Yeah, but that's the other thing, though, is that, like, okay, so Captain Marvel shows up at Avengers HQ empty-handed. So clearly she's not the one to save Tony. So there's a whole lot of theories that just really subtly got thrown out the window with this credit scene. Yeah. Which is good, which like, that means we can kind of like narrow down what we all think is going to happen. So that excites me a lot. Um, I really enjoyed those credit scenes. And we talked earlier about how the second one is goose. <laughs> Coughing up, up the, the tesseract. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was really funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, what do you rate Captain Marvel, Spencer? Moment of ooh, truth. Ooh, that's a good question. Balancing the overwhelmingly positive feeling I had at the end of this movie what with the overwhelming 
You want to do? Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. Okay. The overwhelmingly positive feeling I had coming out, and the overwhelmingly negative feeling I had about Nick Fury's eye. <laughs> I'm gonna for for the for the sake of this review, I'm gonna say that we're going to disregard my personal feelings about how Nick Fury loses his eye. Just know that F, including it, F including minus. it, Fury got murked by a fucking cat. F minus in <laughs> including that I'd give it a C minus just because of how <laughs> sour I am about, I only ask for one thing. Set that aside and I'm going to play it cool. And I'm going to give this a, a, a an A, you give like it not, a, not an A plus, but I'm going to give it an A. There was a lot of really good stuff that we saw. There was some excellent um, loose ends, like we were talking about the scrolls and the opportunity there is uh, for them to be a potential villain in another movie. It left all of the right ends loose, and it tied up all of the correct ones as well. It's an A. It was wonderful to watch. I agree with you, and for a lot of the same reasons, um, my uh, my own somewhat issues with the uh there were some direction choices not like direction as far as the actors go but just directions as far as like scene structure uh and editing and uh, some of the humor that didn't land for me which are pretty much my big cons with this movie i am arriving at like a b plus a minus range um i think i'm gonna land on an a minus right now that's how i'm feeling um i don't think that i don't think the editing was like it was really choppy and yeah, like there were, were I, I even noticed that at some points like there was there was some like really rough editing with the uh yon rag sparring scene yeah okay but but how did we get here i thought a second ago they were doing yeah. this thing and and uh, the but one that, that stood like out to me sparring sequence like it's really hard to, and, the, and that was kind of a problem that a lot of the fight scenes had was like the way it was hopping around it's really hard to keep track of who's who and who's where yeah. Um, but you know that that's that comes with the territory of an action movie. Most action movies have that problem. You know, it's it. Some it's, of them more than some, others. Yeah, some some more than others. Um, I'm looking at you, the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, <laughs> just, re- just really tight shots and lots of elbows, man. Those fight scenes, it was just lots of elbows and really, really, really close up shots. Back it up. I didn't like it. Didn't Back like it up. It. Back it up. But uh, yeah, I, I like it. Land on an A minus. I think I, I'm really, I'm really happy with how this turned out. And I think as uh, more writers and more directors get to have their hand with this character, I think it's only going to get better from here. I think Brie Larson is going to grow into the role more. I think uh, having more writers and directors use Carol is going to do a lot for the character. The same way the more cooks who were in the kitchen helped just about every other MCU character in this franchise. Um, Because you had people who got to really expand Tony and Steve and Thor and everybody in different ways over the past decade. And I think that's what we're going to hit on here as well with Carol. So, yeah, I'm going to give Captain Marvel an A-. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. And... Endgame cannot get here soon enough. Don't worry, pal. It's like a month and a half. We'll make it. Oh, I know. But it's so far away. Um, but yeah, I think that will do it for this 
episode of Hall of Heroes. Um, I'm not 100% sure when this is going to come out. I'm going to try to make sure this comes out before. Or this might actually be the Wednesday episode. And then depending how quickly TJ gets the episode we record on Wednesday out. Um, because that is going to be a massive news dump episode. I don't even think we're going to throw a discussion topic in there. It is just going to be news, 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 news. Um, Because this week had a lot of it. Uh, Our schedule's didn't line up to record on Wednesday of this week. And, like, it was just going to be, like, three or four stories. And then, like, it, like, doubled. Uh, (laughs) Which, you know, the one time. (laughs) The one time we're not, like, almost scraping the bottom. There's just enough to have an episode. Um, It explodes on us. Completely dumped on. Yeah. So expect a really, really long, meaty episode for uh, a typical Hall of Heroes, just news dump this coming week. And I hope you guys enjoyed the first movie review on Hall of Heroes. This is a lot of fun. I'm yeah. really happy we got to do this. You know, it's a good time. Uh, so, Spencer, where can the lovely folk find you on the social medias? Same place they always do. Well, I hope they find me, but <laughs> the same. I can be. I can be found in the same place. I'm at Spence Man Cosplays on Instagram. You can check me out. Um, I don't have. I don't think anything new, costume wise, that I'm working on. But I think you can expect to not, find not me for, at. Not uh, for yourself, at least. Like, not for myself. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can you can expect to see me at uh, Steel City in April. Wait. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be a really good time. You, me, Joel, possibly Alexis, TJ. At least one of those days. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a hell of a crew. It's gonna be a hell of a crowd. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, you guys know you can find me at Dark Jedi Twenty Five Fifty Two on Twitter and Instagram, and follow Spencer and my cosplay group, New Regime Cosplay, on Instagram as well. Um, tune in on Tuesday for Raylo part two electric boogaloo for the do back discussion podcast. I sat down with girls with sabers, uh, this really cool, uh, these two YouTube YouTubers, uh, Luthien and Emerus. Um, they, uh, a lot of their channel is based around taking this very literature, uh, this, this literary psych psychological, uh, deep look at the sequel trilogy and kind of explaining why Raylo is baked into the DNA of the sequels. Um, had a really fun chat with them. They are absolute. They're an absolute blast to have on the air. And uh, yeah, we're gonna have uh, that episode in our podcast feed, and they're also gonna be putting it on their YouTube channel as well. So uh, keep your eyes open for that one and check that all out when it comes out. It'll be a great time. Go check them out on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and the YouTubes as well. Uh, that'll be all from me. How about you, Spencer? I don't have anything else. I just would like to say that the amount of discussion we had for the first Raylo episode filled, what, a two-hour two frame? And so clearly there's a lot to talk about. You guys should really check that out. The Dubak Discussion uh, Star Wars podcast is just phenomenal, and I cannot. Uh, give my seal of approval and endorsement enough. So be sure. Yeah, we gotta we gotta find a way. You gotta get you onto an episode of Do Back here soon. Yeah, just you know where to find me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, guys, uh, be sure to tune in here for the Hall of Heroes next week at the same bat time on the same bat channel. What's with we